0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, March 14, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. What if everyone charged with a crime refused to take a plea deal? The results might effectively shut down the justice system, since 90% of criminal charges do not go to trial. Tim Lynch, the director of the Cato Institute's project on criminal justice, offers his thoughts. The New York Times reported on this, uh, I guess, sort of an interesting idea for a protest, which is don't take the plea for people accused uh, of uh, of crimes to simply clog the court system because most criminal cases don't go to trial. What do you think of that?
1: Right. So Ohio um, law professor uh, Michelle Alexander makes the point that more than 90 percent of the criminal cases in the United States do not go to trial. They're uh, resolved through plea bargains. So she – came up with this thought experiment of what if people refused to deal with the prosecutors and insisted on their right to go to trial? Wouldn't this shake up the system? And she uses the, the phrase crash the system. And there's no doubt about it, it would. Uh, there's a very good reason why uh, so many cases don't go to trial. It's, it's the, the system is overwhelmed right now, especially because of the drug war. They, they do not have the resources to put on uh, so many trials. And that's why the government uses its power, its power to um, charge people and to threaten people uh, with jail time unless they surrender their right to a jury trial. So there's a lot of that threatening going on week to week in our criminal justice system. And the idea that uh, people could band together to crash the system, it's an interesting thought experiment, but it's probably unrealistic and not likely to
0: happen. It's worth noting, though, that uh, in this the whole process of trying to manage resources within a prosecutor's office, that there is extremely broad discretion among prosecutors about what they want to bring to trial, about what charges they can add, what charges they can drop. And uh, if you're a run-of-the-mill defendant, uh, particularly one who can't afford a lawyer, there is no corresponding leeway that defense attorneys have uh, that when it comes to whether or not something goes to trial.
1: That's right. Uh, people who are facing criminal charges, they don't have uh, much leverage in the plea bargaining situation, uh, the, all the leverage is on the side of the prosecutors, and they can uh, and do all the time coerce people into uh, surrendering their right to a jury trial. And it's, it's a very ugly part of our system, and there's there's two aspects to it. On the one hand, they uh, there's a danger of them extorting a guilty plea from an innocent person because if you think about it, the innocent person is the most – person who's most likely to stick to their guns. They wanna to go to trial. They're, they're outraged that they're even, you know, facing uh, criminal charges, much less being convicted. They're, their name is in the paper, they're outraged. Uh, they wanna to go to trial. But when the prosecutor is uh, adding more charges and threatening them uh, uh, with more jail time if they insist on going to trial, there's a real danger there that they that they will plead guilty it's easy for some people to say i'd never plead guilty to something that they didn't do but believe me when you are in facing the situation where uh, a witness might be willing to lie and say you had drugs or you sold drugs and uh, the prosecutor is telling you that he has a ninety eight percent conviction rate and you are will face the risk of fifteen years in jail or if you plead guilty, you'll get uh, you know, perhaps three months in jail or straight probation. People will plead guilty when, when their liberty is on the line.
0: And recently, again, worth noting here is uh, a Supreme Court case that our colleague David Ritgers wrote about, uh, which if you're somebody who uh, is facing the criminal justice system for the first time is something you uh, might want to pay attention to, uh, the degree to which prosecutors are ever uh... found liable for their failure to disclose critical information
1: right and you have to take all these precedents into consideration if if prosecutors uh... don't face a a penalty or sanction for withholding from the defense information that tends to exonerate them uh, all of this makes it more likely that a person will plead guilty because they don't have access to evidence that may be in the hands of the police and prosecutors. For example, if they – the the police are the ones that are on the scene of the crime like the evening it happens. So they're the ones that are – in in a position to interview witnesses. They may have three witnesses who said, "You know, here's the description of the guy. He was a white guy, middle-aged. They may have two witnesses that said, no, I thought it was a young Hispanic man. So they may just go with the the witnesses that support their arrest. An attorney for the defense doesn't come along until weeks later when he's charged. So they're not in a position to know where those other witnesses are. But the, the, the prosecutors have an obligation to notify the defense of other witnesses and other evidence that tends to exonerate them. But if they don't disclose that, that's how wrongful convictions happen.
0: And their obligation in light of this Supreme Court case and, and other precedents is not particularly credible.
1: That's right. Well, we've we, everybody knows they have this obligation. Some prosecutors are good about it. We know others are very bad about it. And the problem has been is that there's been no real sanction on the prosecutors that violate the rules. Prosecutors are judged by their performance and their performance is how often they can convict people. This is the uh, the uh, environment in which they operate. And too often we have prosecutors who are willing to cut corners and break rules in order to uh, get convictions and keep their conviction rate high. So
0: short of some sort of uh, attempt to crash the justice system, what should people be thinking about when, if, if they care about uh, a fair – Delivery of justice within the uh, within the justice system. What 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 would be a, a remedy?
1: Well, what people need to keep in mind is that we have a constitution, and the Sixth Amendment to the Constitution says that if the government accuses you of a crime, you have a right to a jury trial. And it's outrageous that we have a situation in which more than ninety percent of the cases in our system do not go to trial. And you have to ask yourself why that is so why do so many people surrender their right to a jury trial is it because they're uh, trying to uh, save the taxpayers money they have a guilty conscience they want to confess not at these high percentages there's just no way the government has engineered the system in such a way that uh, people will surrender their right to a jury trial because they're being pressured and coerced into doing so. And it's because prosecutors use their charging and sentencing powers to make this happen. It's it's an outrage. It's a dirty, uh, not-so-secret aspect of our criminal justice system. And uh, plea bargaining uh, should be abolished. Uh, now, uh, some the main argument against this is is a pragmatic argument saying, well, we can't process so many cases. The system would grind to a halt if we were to fully honor the Sixth Amendment to a constitution. But the response to that is that, well, number one, uh, we should respond to it by scaling back the number of uh, crimes that are on the books that that, that such – has the effect of overwhelming the system. And number one on my list would be ending the drug war, which has completely flooded and overwhelmed our courts. The second remedy would be to allocate the money that's necessary to put on the trials. Here at Cato, we identify dozens and dozens of things for which the government should not be spending taxpayer money, agriculture subsidies, uh, prescription Medicare benefits, you know, nation-building exercises overseas where we spend billions of dollars. So we identify all these places where the government shouldn't be spending money. But when it comes to putting on trials, this is something where the government should be spending money. So that's another possible remedy is shift resources to put trials on for the people who are entitled to them under the Constitution. The third possible remedy is to amend the Constitution to say, well, maybe we can't afford jury trials for all cases. Maybe we should change that strictly to felonies and not misdemeanors anymore. So those are three possible honest ways of addressing uh, the issue. What is intolerable is the situation we have now where scores of people Again, more than 90 percent of the people
0: are uh, uh, coerced out of their right to a jury trial. Tim Lynch is the director of the Cato Institute's project on criminal justice. You can read more about the American justice system and its flaws in the Cato book, In the Name of Justice, available at Cato.org.